you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. That is something that has been said, Bucky, (laughs) 1,000 times, my friend. The thousandth episode of Move the Sticks. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great. How about that? You think about the accomplishment and milestones in this business to to be able to get to 1,000 podcast episodes and not doing it daily. Like, that's a long time. Some staying power. No no doubt, man. That's why it was worth us coming in studio together. We don't get to do this very often. We do it more in the spring as we're doing draft shows and everything. Yeah. Uh, but this was a big enough one. We had to come in, uh, get a chance to be around each other. Um, it, look, we're going to have a fun episode today. We're going to go down memory lane. We're going to uh, we're gonna play some clips from the past. Uh, we have some surprises, uh, I guess, yeah. that we are not aware of that are no. coming our way. So <laughs> uh, we've got that as well. We're going to send out some thank yous to everybody who's helped make this whole thing possible since... 2014. This uh, first episode of this podcast was in Crazy. September of 2014. So it, it's been it's been quite a ride. And I got to say, just at the very top, I'm not getting sappy or sentimental here, but as as p- two people have known each other for over 20 years, yeah. if you'd have come, I always think about this. If you'd have come back to us and we were say we're at Cal Berkeley <laughs> at, a, at a morning practice, one, one what what is a podcast? We wouldn't. Yeah, that didn't exist. That two, didn't exist. We're leaving. Uh, chasing certain dreams that we both had of being general managers and those things mm-hmm. then now we're going to work on the media side and we're going to become media scouts and talk about the game and players and all this other stuff and we're going to do it uh for public consumption yeah yeah to, to think that we would be at this point right now it's kind of crazy but it has certainly worked out worked out well uh it's been a lot of fun i think you and i've grown closer throughout this experience being able to uh finish each other's sentences being able to kind of be like-minded about a bunch of different things uh relating to the game and outside of the game. It's really been a fun experience. And then all the people that we've kind of met along the way, those that we've interviewed, yeah. those that have worked with us, all those people. And so it's been a great ride, but I'm looking forward to not only like celebrating the 1,000th episode, but then beginning to think about how are we going to do the next 1,000? I know. I know. And think about, again, this is a decade, and I know we've got a lot more <laughs> a lot more to go here. And the fun thing is, hopefully you guys that are listening or that watch us and see the videos on social media, YouTube, and all the different channels of where we have this show, um, we're trying to just learn. And hopefully you kind of learn a little something along with us. Um, so that's been, been, that's been the, the goal here all along. Um, all right. We're going to jump into this right now. I'm being told by Nabil. Um, that we have a surprise video here. Oh, uh, to uh, a little message, a little a uh, little video message here. So let's. Uh, I don't know what's coming. Let's uh, let's check that out. What we got? When I first started in the NFL, I received some wise advice from an old scout. He said, "Those who cannot play go into coaching. Those who cannot coach go into scouting. And those who cannot scout." start a podcast talking about scouting. <laughs> now, luckily, that statement does not apply to you two. You both had decorated playing careers and NFL scouting careers. And you both do a tremendous job educating and entertaining football fans around the world. So congratulations on 1,000 episodes, and I'm looking forward to 1,000 more. This is Joe Douglas with the New York Jets. 
congratulations to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on their thousandth episode. It's always good to see two former road dog college scouts doing so well. <laughs> congratulations, guys. DJ and Bucky, congratulations on your 1,000th episode. That is really cool. Not many people get to hang around that long, so you guys are obviously doing something right. Now, I wanted to do it right now because I know in a couple of weeks, DJ's going to be pulling for App State to beat us, so I'm not speaking <laughs> to him, but Bucky, you're always welcome back in Chapel Hill, and I'll always be on your show. So congratulations, guys. Uh, you, you've been the best at what you do, and uh, may you have many more. Hey, Buck, just wanted to say congratulations to you uh, and DJ for your uh, continued success in your 1,000th episode. Congrats, Coach and DJ, for 1,000 episodes. <laughs> All right, DJ, Bucky, uh, what an accomplishment. A milestone episode. Hooray. <laughs> Let's not forget why it exists in the first place. There would be no move the sticks if I was better at my job. If I were better... Bucky and I would be celebrating the Draft Tracker podcast 10,000th episode right about now. But no, I'd be mediocre and just alien. So hence the celebration for you two. Well, enjoy it because I won't. So DJ and Bucky, 1,000 episodes of Move the Sticks. You're valued. I mean, you guys are one percenters. You're going to be making these quarterback salaries getting to a thousand episodes. I mean, uh, we running backs, we may do like a thousand yards worth of work, but uh, a thousand episodes. Yeah, I think we could treat it like running backs do by the time we get there. But seriously, congrats, fellas. Well done. Love you guys. Keep on killing it. You guys are serving the people and doing it right. Take care. Hey, congratulations. What you've accomplished speaks volumes about your desire and work ethic. What a tremendous accomplishment by you two guys. Your love of the greatest game in the USA comes through. Don't let that flame ever, ever die. Wishing you nothing but continued success. Hi, this is Tom Coughlin. I want to congratulate DJ and Bucky on the thousandth edition of their podcast. So, Nabil asked me to send a congratulatory video to you guys for the 1,000th episode, but I've been on like 300 of these. Why am I not on the other side of this thing here? So, I guess, like, congrats on 700. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Kidding. Obviously, it's been a blast to be a small part of this immense success that Move the Sticks has been. You guys have established a phenomenal brand, unique, insightful, entertaining analysis. Always. Can't wait for a thousand more, guys. Oh, that is awesome. Hey, well done back there. That's so uh, Nabil getting yeah, that all together. Good job. Uh, like, if you how about that? If, you did, if you're listening and didn't recognize a couple of those voices, I mean, that was Tom Telesco, the GM of the, tar the Chargers. That was Joe Douglas from the Jets. Uh, Bucky's coach, Mac Brown, the head coach in North Carolina. Uh, our buddy, Matt Money Smith, yes. who I work with on the Chargers, who was with us on the Draft yes. Tracker podcast. Hilarious. Uh, Steve Weiss, who's a legend here at, at NFL Media, a good buddy of ours. 
Ron Wolf, Hall of Famer Ron Wolf, Buck, yeah. who's been a mentor of yours. Uh, Tom Coughlin, another one of your coaches and mentors, and, of course, finishing off there with Rhett. That was awesome to hear from everybody. No, it's so great, man. It's so great that they took the time to kind of uh, recognize us on the wonderful accomplishment. But without them, like, this obviously is impossible to have guys volunteer their time to talk to us, to share, to continue to educate us as we're trying to also educate so many of you guys, fans and, and those guys. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm just really excited to see all the people because some of them we haven't seen for a while. No, I mean, we haven't seen. No, in a while. that was really cool, man. And again, thank you to to you guys for listening, for keeping us around, so we can have great guests like that uh, come on and join us. So I, I guess I'm being told we have another uh, another shout out, which may or may not be as kind as the one we just listened to. So I guess we can let these nerds talk. What do we got, Nabil? Congratulations to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks on the 1,000th episode of Move the Sticks. We are all huge fans. Organic. Uh, you know, we were asked <laughs> by management to uh, send this message, but I would let you know that even if I weren't asked by management, I would like to congratulate both of you. Daniel, Bucky, excellent work. Here's to another 14 years of your production. Yeah, can't wait to see you when you guys come back uh, during draft season. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> the feud is alive. It's here always, the NFL it's alive. feud is it's, alive. It's alive. It's alive and well. Um, uh, you do a great job of kind of stoking the, the fire a little bit, getting the flames going. But no, it's great. Like, hey, we appreciate them for recognizing. I don't know what number they're on. I mean, they may have a, a, a few more than we have, but we'll recognize them when they get there, when they get a milestone, when they have a milestone moment. No, I know. And once they start releasing their podcast in America and not just in Europe, <laughs> it's going to be huge for their future. So I'm waiting for that day. I'm excited for you guys when that happens. Uh, that's going to be big. Um, we were thinking about the, you know, what's transpired since we started this thing. Like, that's a long time. 2014 bucks a minute ago now. That's uh, it's a long time we've been doing this. And we're thinking about a couple different things and, and how they've changed. Um, you know, our roles have changed. We've been on different shows. Things have, you know, <laughs> have, uh, have evolved over the years. Um, but I mean, I was thinking like, if, if I told you in 2014, like the, the whole, the wildness, you know, we have a pandemic, like we were, we were, that's kind of where we started doing the show apart because we had initially been together yeah. in the studio all the time. Yeah. That was, it was a game changer. It was a game changer that kind of opened up the world to so many different possibilities. Like when the pandemic hit, you had to change the way that you worked. You worked remotely. So we went from being side by side, what, three days a week to now we're finding different ways yeah. uh, to use the different technologies that we've used, whether it's our home cam, whether the different apps that we've used to be able to kind of do these shows. It's, it's amazing how much has changed, but it, it also, I would say, has changed for the better because now we are remotely. We can go mm -hmm. five days a week, and we can talk about anything. We can fire it up and kind of talk about the latest trends and the topics and the things that hit, and it's been a, a great uh, evolution and advancement of the podcast, just kind of, kind of, I guess, kind of moving with the times. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I do want to give a, a shout out here to Rhett, who you heard at the end of that trivia yeah. video. Who, and he's not, he's not exaggerating. He probably has been on. Oh, for sure. PBU's things. been there. Yeah, the PBU, the primary backup. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, uh, Rhett Lewis. So he's been a big part of this thing. I think about Lance Zerline, who, when one of us is out, he, yeah, he's LZ. always on the ready to to jump in and help us. Does a ton of stuff at the combine. Buck, we've, we've taken this show to media days, Pac-12 media days. We've taken yeah. it to the Combine. You do a ton of work at the Combine with the pod, getting that thing going. They must bring so. training, baseball, bring yeah. baseball to yes. managers in winter meetings and stuff like that. So we've done a, a, a few different things to kind of have a worldwide view, a, 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 a 
I guess, a panoramic view on the scouting process and how we can learn from others. It's, it's really been fun. Yeah, and we're going to get to some of the highlights here. We're going to air some uh, some clips from some of our favorite conversations we've had with guests over the years. Um, but I was also thinking about um, how some, some other things have changed in the NFL. I mean, think about it. Steve was joking about it, like the running back position, how that's uh, the value has, has changed there. We've made one of the marquee positions, and now it's a complementary position. We've seen the size of players. Think about that. Remember the smaller QBs? We can't play with smaller QBs. Oh, you had to be, you had to be taller than 6'2". I mean, it was, it was tough even when, when, when Drew Brees and Russell Wilson and all those guys came out like, hey, he's a great player, but we've got to put him in the third round just because of the size. And now you talk about a guy like Bryce Young being able to go number one overall who doesn't necessarily check off all the boxes when it came to the physical dimension. Uh, thumpers. Remember inside linebackers uh, who were thumpers? Yeah, heavy-handed. Got to be able to take on blocks. Yeah. Want to run and stop the running game. Yeah, nah. We're not in that era anymore. Yeah, then we went from the uh, power forward wide receivers to now some of the smaller wide receivers. We've seen now teams playing with three safeties. We've seen big nickels uh, that have come into the league. Like, the game has morphed and changed, and we've been fortunate enough to kind of keep track of it and follow these trends uh, over the last 10 years, man. And I think sometimes we've been on the front end of the trends where we talked about the program looking more like the college game and the high school game and how some of these quarterbacks that we used to see on Friday nights in our respective areas have now kind of become the go-to position, the, the, the prototype of what we wanted to position, the athletic mobile guy that can make it happen with his legs but also has the ability to work inside and outside the pocket as a passer. I wrote down some things here um, that we talked about, and I'm not I'm not saying we we're first on these things, but I'm saying we were having legitimate conversations on this stuff. If if we weren't first, we were near the front of the line. Oh, for sure. And having a chance to get this conversation kicked up. How about positionless players? Oh man, we talked about that a long time. It was a long time. We talked about the hybrids and so many different ways uh, to utilize these guys that can move in and out. We think about offensively, the San Francisco 49ers yep. are a team that is a positionless team. You think about Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel being able to play running back and wide receiver. George Kittle, who's half man, half amazing because he's an <laughs> offensive tackle that plays tight end. Kyle Juchek being the fullback and so we saw that that trend and then you talked about it on defense so many of these guys being able to bounce in and out you talk about now it used to be kind of like an outlier to have a big nickel yeah but now we're having those nickel safeties that are linebackers and the like and the game continues to evolve where we're seeing so many positionless players playing we feel like we talked about it a lot on the podcast three p's um we kicked that off about quarterbacks get them a, a good play caller get them some protection get them some playmakers it continues it continues to work out and it's been one of the things when you look at the young quarterbacks who have success you have to have those things in place the play caller has to help them set them up you got to make sure they're protected so they can see downfield and they got to have some guys that can go get the ball for them you have those three things, a young quarterback can fly. How about, Buck, uh, your line about shooters and scores using a basketball to football comparison for quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah, qu quarterbacks. And, and, I mean, going all the way back to, I mean, we, we, we've talked about some of these quarterbacks who, man, they, 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 they're like you want them drawn up. Like they can throw it from the pocket. It's pretty. It's effective. And then you have other guys who, like a, your Josh Allen, your Lamar Jackson, doesn't always look classic. It doesn't look like the teaching tape. But, then they find a way to get their team into the end zone. They find a way to have a huge impact on the game. And it's not always the way that it used to be in yesteryear. We talked about craftsmen was the phrase that we've used on this podcast for a decade. Talking about uh, receivers. We did deep studies on that and guys that hit and guys that miss and seems to be the guys that are craftsmen, pure route runners, have success. Pass rushers is an art 
Um, we talked about being a craftsman as, as an edge rusher and how that translates to the next level as well. Yeah, te- technique, uh, being able to have the technique over just the raw athleticism, how the guys who play in the league, the guys who typically dominate in the league for a long time, they're guys who are craftsmen. They're guys who have really taken the technical part of the game and up the ante more so than just, hey, I'm a superhuman athlete that finds a way to beat you because I have superior uh, attributes. Right, a couple more things we talked about, uh, the allocation of funds. Where do you invest your money? What are the true premier marquee positions? When you talk, think about the passer, the pass protectors, the playmakers, the pass rushers, like we talked a lot about guys getting the money in those positions, and you had corner in there as well. But it's something that you know we monitored and said, okay, it's going to be hard off the ball linebackers, even tight ends, running backs. It's going to be hard interior offensive linemen. Hard to put a ton of cash in those positions when you need to allocate those limited resources to those premier positions. And those premier positions are around and related to the quarterback in the passing game. Yeah. So either you're protecting or upgrading the performance of the quarterback or you're trying to disrupt and destroy the quarterback, either with your pass rush or the playmakers that can take the ball away. Yeah, we did. Uh, we've done plenty of segments on hits and misses over the years, which has been fun. Go back and read old scouting reports and what we got right, what we got wrong, have that conversation. And then I think uh, a one we haven't talked about in a while but was uh, definitely originated here was trucks and trailers. That is the one. I think that is the one that is really transcendent because in category Categorizing quarterbacks in those two categories where, hey, you're a truck, you, you pull the, the squad, team, yep. or you're a trailer. The team has to carry you. We're seeing it play out. When you look at the National Football League now, only a handful of trucks that can pay. And those trucks are the ones that are going to command and continue to command $50 million plus annually at the position. You have to be a truck. You have to be able to elevate the performance of those around you. And we have to see it. It has to be visible that you are a guy that is making the difference, not, oh, you have to have all these other things around you to make it happen. Yeah, and look, if you pay a trailer – you're in it trouble. To, it comes back to get you. You're in trouble. Yeah. Um, so, again, these are just some of the uh, the themes and terms and, and things that have made their way into kind of the football lexicon. You'll be listening. You might be driving around listening to a radio show, and you'll hear trucks and trailers. Yes. You go, wait a second. That, that, that rings a bell. I know where that came from. Uh, but that's what's been so fun about our journey on this, uh, on this podcast is being able to have those conversations. And we'll be back right after this break. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here, and this is NFL Plus, where you can catch every play all in one place. You get access to live, local, and primetime games on your mobile phone and tablet. That's every in-market game with you on the go. I never knew that was a thing. Oh, yeah? And here's my favorite part. You can stream NFL Red Zone live every Sunday. What are you waiting for? Right now! Right now! Go to plus.nfl.com. Sign up today. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We're going to go through, and we're going to go through history. Nabil's done an unbelievable job yeah. uh, pulling some sound from some of our favorite conversations over the years. And we're going to start off uh, with who I think we would all agree is the best player in the NFL uh, and someone that was a definitely a lesson learned uh, going through the draft process that we learned after this interview and yeah. then seeing the success he's had. We you know, we were able to say, okay, missed on that one. This is why 
it was because of what we learned in this conversation of why this guy was going to be special. Here's our chat, a little, a little snippet of our conversation with a very young Patrick Mahomes. I want to jump into a little bit of the tape here. So I went back and watched a cut-up of all your third and six-plus throws. Okay, mm-hmm. So ended up being 93 total plays. And I saw some, some great stuff in there. I saw some, a big arm. I saw you off-platform, which you're kind of known for, making these crazy throws off-platform. But there were times I thought well, you had a little bit of a clean pocket. I didn't think you were transferring your weight and got a little bit reckless with the football down the field. How do you balance – you know, you got such physical talent, but how do you balance that talent with being just a little bit more safe with the football? Have teams talked to you about that, and what's your own assessment of your Yeah, play? I mean, just knowing the NFL game is, a little, is different than the Big 12. I mean, Big 12, you, you have to score almost every drive in order to win the game, where in the NFL, you uh, you, you can win score 14 points and win games. I mean, that wasn't really heard of in the, the Big That's 12. not going to get it in the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, college football really in general. But, uh, yeah, I mean – it's something where I'm going to have to learn to take a little bit less risk, but at the same time keep that mentality, keep that mentality that I, I want to move the ball, I want to score every drive. But if, if something happens, we're third and 15, it might be nice just to get a nice eight or nine yards, punt the ball, and flip the field. And that's stuff that you just have to learn with process and with time in the NFL. But you're a gunslinger. How hard is it for you <laughs> to concede that the defense may win on a down and say, hey, I'm just going to dump it to the back? How hard is that for someone who has so much talent, so much arm talent, to say, hey, sometimes they win, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to do it the right way. Yeah, I mean, it's something I'm going to have to learn as I go. I mean, at that, when I'm young, I might make a couple more mistakes. I mean, I think you see it a lot with Matthew Stafford. I feel like when Matthew Stafford, he was kind of a gunslinger when he first came out, he would always try to take those chances. But as he's kind of settled his game down a lot, he can see he's almost MVP, MVP caliber season this last year. So, I mean, he's kind of settled down. And with Tom, he's learned when to make those throws and when not to. I'm glad you said Stafford because I, I have that down in my notes and just some of the plays and some of the throws I see you make, it's, it's uncanny how much it reminds me of Matthew Stafford. So when you study his game and see some of the different things he can do, have you ever adopted anything, especially right here, watching him throw across his body right there? I mean, we always say, like, no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. You got to have a big time arm to make some of those throws. But when you watch, uh, when you watch Stafford, do you see a little bit of yourself there? Yeah, definitely. You, the arm talent of being able to switch your positions depending on where you need to make the throw and what lane you have to throw it in, and then definitely just always keeping your eyes downfield. That's the biggest thing to me. I'm not the fastest guy, so while for me, why would I run? Why would I not put it in the hands of the fast receivers? Let the playmakers make the plays. You know, it's funny. You guys talked about Matthew Stafford. I compared you to a little bit of Jay Cutler because Jay Cutler at Vanderbilt had a similar situation where he had to put everything on him. And he was a gunslinger, and it's always been a challenge for him to learn how to tone it down so he could play winning football. When you look at Jay Cutler, do you see any sim- similarities in terms of the way that you play or the talent that you guys have? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, his his arm strength is something that – I mean, that I, I try to get to. I mean, he is a guy who can <laughs> sling the ball. I've watched him play, but at the same time, he's he's had some success in the NFL. It's just he's got a, he hadn't figured it out all the way, but, I mean, you see guys like that. I mean, just the hardy passion he's playing with right there. I mean, you want to you wanna go out there and throw balls everywhere and throw touchdowns. What about your uh, compar- comparison you have? Like, we talked about what we kind of see in your play a little bit. What do you see in yourself, or what are you trying to strive to be? Yeah, one of the guy I try to describe to be, I mean, it's for sure Aaron Rodgers. I watch a lot of his film how quick his release is, how he extends plays, but still gets back to platform and fundamentally sound and makes throws. That's what I'm trying to get to. Because, I mean, he does extend plays and make crazy throws, but you want to see him get – he gets back to that fundamental sounds outside the pocket. No, no question. You know, I, th- I think the big thing with, with Aaron Rodgers, when you look at him, is he has the ability to play off-platform, but he also can play a very disciplined and detailed style of ball, which would be the challenge. When you look at the way that he 
operates, his mechanics and his footwork. Has there been anything that you've been able to glean from just watching him where you say, you know what, I can tighten up my footwork and I think I can play in that manner? I mean, yeah, you, you said it. I mean, he does the extend the play stuff. He can do that stuff and kill you there. But if you want to let him put him in the pocket and hold him in the pocket, he can deadly accurate and can kill you that, that way as well. I think you saw it with the Cowboys this last year. I mean, he tore them up from the pocket, just picking them apart and making throws. And that's just for the fundamentals and really working on his game. And uh, I feel like that's what, something I'm trying to do and trying to get to. One of the things I want to do when you're coming in today, I want to refresh myself a little bit because it's been a while since I watched you. So I hadn't seen the TCU game, so I popped that on and watched it. I want to ch- test your recall a little bit here. Late in that game, I want to say a little bit over a minute left in the game. You guys were down seven. Need a touchdown. You guys, you lead a nice drive right down the field. What was the touchdown pass that you hit right there? I hit a uh, – we, we caught – Coke LA lock. It's a little pop play. And then we have a first reads a little like pop by the wide receiver. And then the Z has an under delay under coming behind him. I threw it to the under. You got him and got, got a yeah. touch on They go to over. This, it was a great game. Oh, yeah, I didn't think it was ever going to end. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up going two overtimes, right? So mm-hmm. then you go and you take off. T- describe the play where you had the touchdown run there in overtime. Yeah. So we had a, a pass play called. Uh, I, it, I went through my first, my second read, and I just saw them all open up. They had they were kind of in like a two-man type thing, so they were kind of all following their guys, and these two-man, the uh, run with the quarterback's deadly, and so I just took off trying to get the first down, and all of a sudden I was like, man, you can get to the end zone. So I <laughs> ran, it, ran it up in there. No, I loved it. That was a good tape, man. How about that? That was the moment. That was the light bulb coming on, and we said it. We walked out of that studio. I remember it. We walked out of that studio and said, I wish we weren't to the end of the process because – I would adjust this just off of that conversation of how, how smart that dude was. And, you know, and I've heard this, you know, over the years, times, and I hear something different every time. We always talked about the recall was awesome. You know what, what else struck me, Buck? I probably was a little more pushy and kind of, like, challenged him a little bit, critiqued him a little bit. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't bow up, bristle, he didn't, 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 didn't nothing, nothing. He was just like, no, yeah, I'm going to work on this, I'm going to work on that. Like, that that was impressive. Yeah, it was it, you talked about that part of it. It was the intelligence that he displayed, just the instincts and being able to – we're big on this. Like people that can walk you through their process, walk you through certain moments, his ability to recall those games that you alluded to, those plays that you alluded to. To me, that's next-level stuff. That's the stuff that you see Kobe and LeBron always talk about those things. So Pat Mahomes was able to do that. And um, I, I just think his maturity, the maturity yeah. that he displayed there. You talk about the hard questions but not – really flinching or bowing mm-hmm. up, just, oh, okay, cool. I understand where you can see that, but here's how I'm going to get better. And also knowing with enough humility, the pro game's different than the college game. Yeah. So I know I have to value the ball more and do all those things. He alluded to all of that in that conversation. Golly, we both look so young too, man. Our fresh. Golly, who knew podcast was so hard on somebody? Our uh, glasses all the time now. Yeah, nah, man. Um, all right, that was our longest cut. We've got a, a bunch more we're going to get through. There'll be smaller clips here about some of our favorites. The next one up is uh, is actually Sauce Gardner. You had a chance to visit with him at the Combine and talk to him about his nickname. We're going to get right to it. We're going to get right to it because the nickname is so nice. I have to know. Where did the nickname come from? Man, Little League, man. When I was six years old, shout out to Coach Tez, man. He gave it to me when I was playing Little League football, man. It's just stuck with me all the way there. So, so what were you doing at six years old to get a nickname, Sauce? He just told me he seen a vision that he don't think I seen. But, man, I had I had the moves, man. I was playing running back. I was saucy with the juke moves. <laughs> <laughs> that's the hard-hitting journalism you get on this show. Hard-hitting. That, that's one of the fun things that uh, about – our job and who we encounter to be able to talk to Sauce before he makes his way into the National Football League and to know that he's the same guy, the same guy that you get in those interviews are the same ones that we've seen, the same one we saw behind the scenes when it came to hard knocks. 
that's who he is. But I love the fact that at six years old, he had a nickname, Sauce, because he was so saucy with his movement. Yeah, I'll get a chance to learn about prospects on this <laughs> uh, on this show and, and what the origin of a cool nickname is. Um, all right, next one here. This is Mike Vick. Uh, I get a chance to visit with Michael Vick, and this was talking about Lamar Jackson and uh, and how he would be as a quarterback. I think I know your answer, and you're going to be in agreement with the two guys you're talking to here. But this this kid is a uh, he's a quarterback, correct, Michael? Yeah, he's a quarterback. I've been hearing about things been throwing out there about him playing receiver, and they'll probably say he needs to play defensive back next. But listen, the kid is 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, I know the hashes are wider in college football, so it creates a, it creates a little bit more space. Uh, in terms of running with the football and, and stretching the field, moving the pocket. But for anybody to say that Lamar Jackson is a receiver, um, they, I, I don't think they understand the quarterback position. I don't think they appreciate the value that can be brung from the quarterback position. Uh, you know, it, it, it was just kind of mind-boggling to me to hear that. Um, and, and I can understand why those type of things can be said because people don't know him. They haven't sat down with him in the film room. They haven't talked to him and had discussions with him. They're only going off what they hear. And you can't live in this world going off what you hear. I know perception, you know, uh, outweighs reality uh, pretty much, you know, 100% of the time in this world. But you got to give the kid a chance. He's a quarterback, hands down. If I was a GM, I would draft him. You know, whether it's the first round or fourth round. You know, you look at all the quarterbacks coming out in the draft, they're all projects. Nobody's guaranteed to do anything. Well, exclamation point on that one over um, the years. MVP quickly in his career. Mike Vick being able to point out Lamar Jackson, really being able to say in that later in the interview, you talked about this dude is way light years ahead of where I was at the same time because Michael Vick was a player at Virginia Tech who was doing this on a big stage, had the, the big national championship game against Florida State. That kind of set him up. He saw those similar traits in Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson validated those comments by having an MVP season in which he was absolutely ridiculous as a runner and thrower. Yeah, no, it's, again, I feel like you get a chance to be ahead of the curve with some of the people get to have on and have those conversations. Um, in terms of quarterbacks, I don't know uh, – Maybe I guess Tom Brady's in in the discussion now at the end of his career, but for a long time it was this man all by himself and Joe Montana as the greatest quarterback of all time. We had a chance to visit with him talking about the traits that all those great quarterbacks possess. Joe, I, I did a, a project when I was with the Ravens. We went back and, and we looked at all the Hall of Fame quarterbacks and we're trying to find, you know, what, what's the common trait that they possess. And all obviously, you know, all different sizes, arm strengths, athletic ability. But the word that I came up with just looking at all of them was just poise. Um, and when we think of you, that's the first word that comes to mind, which is your poise. It, wh- wh- how would you describe that, um, what that is, what, what poise is? Um, I think it's, it's concentration and it's preparation. Um, you know, one of the things that Bill also strived was, you know, coming to, coming to work prepared every day, not Sunday. Mm-hmm. Right? He wants to see it every day. And, and, you know, for us, you know, we, back early on, we never had the little earpieces. So we would, we had a lot of plays in our offense and we'd have 120 some passes in every game plan, 35 plus runs. Every one of those had two, three formations and you had to memorize them all. And you had to memorize what order he wanted them in. And because we would get signaled just to play and so you had to know. And so it took a lot of preparation every day, all the way, you know, 
even even all the way to Friday night was a big, crazy preparation day for me. And you know, it was so funny. We, we went, we lost in the championship game to the Redskins, and we went to the Pro Bowl. And Joe Theismann was there. And first day, Bill's coaching the team because that's how that all worked back then. And now, and he puts in thirty-five passes in day one. And Joe goes to me. He goes, I go. He goes to me. Wow, he, I can't believe he put in all the pass plays in one day. I go, are you crazy? He's like, he can install till Saturday. He goes, there's nothing. He goes, I'm not, I go, I'm not even studying. I go, there's nothing that comes day one. Day one's usually like 80 or 90. Sure enough, he installed. He goes, man, I don't know how you do all that. He goes, how do you? I go, just get used to it after a while. <laughs> how cool is that, man? I, 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 I'm the fun thing about going down memory lane is I again I, I don't know if I'd written that down. Poise equals concentration plus preparation. That's awesome. No, it is awesome. Now, I remember from that interview he talked about like first class, just how first class, how they operated, how they practiced, the standard that they had. They talked about the ball never hitting the ground on certain days of the week and how you hold your teammates accountable. Uh, when we have an opportunity to bring on those special guests, those get those guests who not only are gold jacket guys but they've touched greatness in mm-hmm. so many different areas. I love it when they're able to convey some of those stories. Yeah, again, maybe one of the best clutch performers in NFL history, too. The moment got big. Uh, it was not too big for Joe Montana. All right, uh, we had we heard from him a little bit earlier. Uh, let's play a little snippet from a conversation we had on a training camp visit to the Chargers with their general manager, Tom Telesco. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation with one of your mentors, Bill Polian. He talked about the growing importance of safety, and it's overlooked kind of in the scouting world. But now you have a guy like Derwin James. Why is it important to have a guy who has versatility to play the run, to play the pass in the middle of your defense? I just think we asked them to do so much. And what's funny is even like 20, 30 years ago, I think they were still asked to do a lot of different things, you know, tackle like a linebacker, be able to cover. But I think because the game is much more spread out, um, the safeties, at least in our defense, are really down the box tackling safeties. If they can't cover real well, they have a hard time playing for us. So, you know, to find a safety that has some corner-like movement and cover skills, but can tackle, um, you know, like I'd like to say, like a linebacker, but just tackle, get people down, they're hard to find. So there's a lot of responsibility on those guys, and then all the communication that goes on. So yeah, it's like 20 years ago, safeties that you didn't seem to get drafted that high that often. And even Ed Reed went, I think, yeah. in the, late in the first yeah. round. Can you imagine that? Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've kind of changed a little bit where, you know, maybe that wasn't a premium position when I started in this business, but now there is no doubt in my mind it's a premium position because they play a lot and you ask a lot of them. You know, we're only playing two linebackers usually. It used yeah. to be three, so it's, it's just the game's changed. Again, trying to keep up with trends, Buck, get a chance to talk out at training camp. It's one of the fun parts of the gig. Yeah, it is one of the fun parts of the gig. And to be able to do it with a real-life example in Derwin James, yeah. to be able to use him as the talking point. Uh, Tom Celesco, uh being able to reference, because I had a conversation one day with Bill Polian, so uh, they had worked together. So being able to kind of take it and make it almost a full-circle moment where you're beginning to hear, I don't want to say the scouting gospel, kind of handed down from one generation to another. Well, we, we also talked a minute ago about positionless players, and we have a clip there uh, going back to the – to the combine conversation, this is a, a, a question you had for Howie Roseman, GM of the Eagles. DJ and I have a thing where we're saying football is moving to positionless ball. Uh, where yeah. you're seeing these guys that are wide receivers, but they play running back, they're, they're wing backs, and then on defense mm-hmm. you're seeing these safeties drop down in the box and play linebacker. How has that changed the evaluation process for you guys, the versatility? 
Well, it goes to what what you're seeing go on in high school football and then college football. And so you can try to change, you know, what guys know, but uh, we're in this win now mode, all of us in the National Football League. And so we have a short period of time, like it's no longer where you get your first or second round picks and they have two years and then, you know, you're able to hold on to them after that. Like they got to come play. And they got to come play now. So you can either try to adjust their skill set. And now you're taking a guy, you're taking him out of his environment, you're bringing him into a new city, you're putting money in his pocket, you're letting him live by himself, you're teaching him a new scheme, and now you're changing his whole technique and what he does well. So it scoots you, or you're saying, here's a guy, this is what he does well, and this is what we're going to utilize. So you better adjust, you know, and it, it better be about what they do well and how you can acclimate them into your scheme as opposed to this is what we do well and now you have to adjust or you're going to be wrong a lot. And, um, you know, these positionless players, and it's funny because we just did a podcast with, with our website and um, lo and behold, they use DJ's positionless players, you know, right from me. And I had to remind our fans that some of these positionless players that the two of you are talking about uh-huh. aren't getting anywhere close to 21 That's in the true. draft, you know, like... <laughs> This, 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 is, this is not like this is not like these you know unicorn position. Those players are there in the sixth round. <laughs> fair point. It's a fair point from Howie Roseman on that one, Buck. A fair point. But uh, what I love and, and going down memory lane, just how these things have kind of shown up in today's game. And then to talk to him, you think about the Philadelphia Eagles and what they're doing and how they're doing With the it. roster they've players yeah. that they've assembled and the depth and. The, I would say the versatility of the guys they have at the front line that can bounce all over and do all these things. Howie Roseman was so generous to give us the time, but I love this part of what we're able to do. We get a chance to visit with Super Bowl winning head coaches. Also get a chance to visit with a lot of national championship winning college coaches, uh, including Clemson's Dabo Sweeney. You know, Coach, it's interesting because I'm really close to one of your former players, Dexter Lawrence. Dexter played for my oh, dad. Yeah. Dexter played for my dad in high school at Wake at Forest. Wake? Yeah, and so Dexter always would rave about the culture that you've created down in Clemson. He just talked about how great of a man you were, how great the program was. For our listeners, what is the culture down in Clemson? What is it about? What what have you put in place to help young people grow and thrive? Uh, relationship, love. You know, we serve their heart, not their talent. And uh, you know, we we uh, our program is about what's best for the players. And, you know, now sometimes what's best for the players, the players don't like. But I think at the end of the day, you know, there's an old saying that says uh, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And, uh, you know, we, we have relationships and we're, we, we have transparency and we communicate lots of trust and respect and communication. Uh, we've built a family atmosphere that's very real and genuine. It's not something you can fabricate. Uh, we appreciate each other. We, we talk about appreciation. Uh, we, we teach servant leadership, you know, nobody's better than anybody else. Uh, how can you, how can you, uh, 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 brighten somebody's day? You know, so we, we just, every day it's just woven into, to our culture here. We create opportunities for our players, certainly as, as football players, but more importantly as men, you know, through our Paul journey program. And, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, not just the people involved, but the intentions of the people involved. You know, we're very intentional in what we do. And, uh, you know, it's about graduating our players and equipping them with the tools that they need to be successful on and off the field. Uh, it's about making sure they have a great experience and that they win. But it's in that order. 
And so everything in our program is geared toward that. But, yeah, that's outstanding there from Coach Sweeney. And, and I always love about the interviews that we do, and you've, if you've listened to us for a long period of time, you know, my favorite thing on the show is when we have players uh, that are at Clemson that we have on and we get a chance to retell the story of Bucky playing against Clemson. <laughs> Going down to the bottom of that hill. Come on down. Come on down come and get this woman. Come on down, Tigers. Come on and down. They, the they price all, is right. They all the price just, is right. They just light up. They, they light, light up, up when they, they hear that up. story. They, 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 they light up and they all have the same reaction. Oh, oh no! Did. You didn't oh. do that. You you, you didn't do that. Did you? <laughs> that 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 probably didn't end too well. No, it didn't. It was, look, it was it was a lesson learned. It was one of those things we talk about a little humility. Yeah, yeah. We learned we learned a great lesson of humility going down there. Uh, true story. The true story as well. That video was probably I don't know, a handful of years old, maybe four or five years old. Uh, I wore that shirt two days ago. So, uh, Consistency yeah, is the key. It speaks quality to the uh, the athleisure wear, holding up well over the years. Yes. Um, all right, how about Penn State's James Franklin? We've had a chance to visit with him a couple times, uh, and this was a little snippet when we asked him. We are asking a bunch of guys this question. The best high school football player oh, you've yeah. ever seen. Best high school football player that you've ever seen. Could be somebody you signed, didn't sign, but just best high school football player you've ever seen. We've heard Allen Iverson. We've heard Frank Gore. We've heard an unbelievable list of players. So we want to get your answer on that one. It's hard for me to say that because I'm going to piss a lot of people off if I don't say them. That, that's I know. Thing. Everybody's done uh, it. Everybody's done it. It's hard for me not to say Saquon Barkley. You know what I mean? It's, it's, say Saquon. It's, 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 <laughs> say Saquon. It's okay. You're allowed. You're allowed. You're allowed to say your guy. You're allowed. <laughs> but I, but I don't want to come off like a homer where I'm saying my guy. It's hard to go against that guy. There's a cool picture that I got in my yeah. basement with me and Sean Spencer, my D-line coach, who had that recruiting area. And it's a picture taken from a local newspaper. And it's shot over Saquon's shoulder. It's Saquon's back shot over his shoulder and me and Sean are standing on the sideline scouting the game, you know, so it's a really cool shot. But yeah, I'm going to go with my man, Saquon. Nothing wrong with that, coach. Nothing wrong uh, with that you're, you're allowed, coach. That was a good one. We had so many great stories. By the way, I think these videos, Nabil, uh, can you confirm that for us? I think we actually have a camera on Nabil back there. Uh, Nabil, the, uh, the high school stories. I know the LeBron James one. That's on YouTube, right? You can find that on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube, Twitter. I could resurface it. Yeah, no, I was just. But I mean, we asked a bunch of people, best high school player you yeah, had. Yeah, LeBron. I think we, we had uh, some other videos too. Who else did we have uh, for some of those answers? I know you you had hunted up a bunch of video and found video of some of those high school kids. Yeah, we also had LeBron's uh, high school coach on, mm -hmm. and we had a bunch of guys, a bunch of college coaches over the years answer that. Yeah, well, again, uh, Allen Iverson. The LeBron James one is interesting because I remember Urban Meyer t telling the story about LeBron and just seeing the big kid, like going out there, like, "Hey, who, hey, who's that kid? That kid? That kid? Yeah. Oh, it's just, <laughs> just he stood time, out all time leading scorer in the NBA. That's all. <laughs> Don't worry about him, coach. He's uh, not gonna be there for you." Yeah. Oh man, who, I was trying to think of some of the other ones, the other high school. Do you remember? Because we we went to Pac-12 Media Day. We asked all those guys, best high school player you'd ever seen. It was uh, just such a it was such a collection of just like great players. You know, I can't remember if Reggie Bush was in that conversation. Maybe that was just our own yeah. feelings of just oh, no watching question. him in college and and that stuff. But it was it, it was great to kind of walk down memory lane. When oh, we you know, I think I think uh, did Eric Weddle get a vote from somebody? He might have. Like he was such a good player at Utah. I can only imagine what he was like in high school. Yeah. Oh, so, anyways, that was good those, high school. Those, those too. Oh yeah, no question. He's at Rancho Bernardo High School down yeah, in San Diego. Good, good um, all right. Uh, gosh, what was it, Nabil? What did we have? 
We had David Shaw. Uh, we had, say, Andrew Luck, and we had uh, Christian uh, McCaffrey was one that was yep. said. Yeah, he, he was on the Homer train too. Like he uh, everybody got to pump your guys. That's, yeah. that's 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 the way that works. Um, all right, uh, let's get to uh, another quick one here. I think this is our last cut that we have. Um, this is on uh, our conversation. We used to, you know, we do the 360 episodes. Yeah. So if you've never heard those before, you can go back and in history. Oh, uh, those find, are classics. We would find, you know, usually three or four guys each draft class, and we would do a deep dive, talk to everybody that we could find that knew these guys well. And if we think about who the favorite is currently to be the MVP through three weeks, it's early. Uh, but Tua Tungavailoa has been the three-game MVP. He's off to a great start. And when he was coming out, we did a Tua 360, and I had a chance to talk with Trent Dilfer, who uh, was with you on the Elite 11 and got to know yeah. Tua and also was training Tua uh, in the run-up to that year's draft. But here's a little snippet of what he had to say about Tua. And this is maybe the best thing I can say about Tua. He's a one-rep guy. He can change in one rep. You can ask him to do anything you want him to be able to do. I've never personally seen a prospect as good as Tua. I think the kid is beyond special. I don't know that, you know, what separates him to me, like I always try and figure out what's the guy's superpower. If you're a quarterback, what is the superpower you possess? To me, I just keep coming back to that word twitch and the quickness that he has. Because there's a lot of guys that are twitchy, but then they lack power. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys that are powerful, but they lack twitch. Um, Two was the ultimate combination of both for me. There you go. Uh, again, so many fun conversations over the years. Thousand episodes, Buck. Thousand episodes, great players, great coaches, great um, contributors to the podcast. And just in terms of like just bringing the insight and wisdom. And, and sometimes there's something to being able to, if you don't have the answer, but being able to go and ask somebody that can give you the answer. And so Trent and some of the other guys that we just saw in that video uh, montage, it was great to be able to kind of tap into their experience and expertise as we always are trying to get smart. No doubt. I, I, I jotted down a couple names here and then add to it, fill in the blanks. I'm not going to be able to get to everybody, but this podcast originally started with TD. Uh, oh, TD. TD, started it. TD has yeah. gone on to unbelievable. He's gone on to new heights. Yes. Let's just say that. Yes. Uh, literally and figuratively. Uh, he's left uh, left what we were doing here. He was working with LeBron's group over at Uninterrupted and had yes. launched a bunch of those pods. Then uh, now if you look at the probably the most popular sports podcast right now, and especially with the latest news, uh, <laughs> New Heights yeah, uh, with the Kelseys, that's uh, TD running the show over there as well. He's the one who kind of got this thing launched. He did. He had, he had some great ideas. He did a really good job. Then we had what? We had Will Powell. We had Sully. Yep. We had Kent. Uh, we had Arjuna. Yeah, Arjuna came through for me. Um, yes. So we've had a bunch of different guys. But I want to just take a minute here and, and give a special shout-out because all those guys have been instrumental in this thing. But none of them have produced as many episodes as our current producer, Nabil. Nabil, uh, I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier. What do you think? Maybe 400 of these things? How many of these things have you done? Uh, I think about 600. I started around 600. That's right. 600. Nabil, we would. 600, Nabil. Nabil, we would give you like a, a replica college jersey to support your fandom, but we just don't know which one to get. I, I wouldn't know. Depends which one. on the week. I, 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 I don't know. Depends I don't know who I would week. get. Like, so it, it would be hard. I'm glad now that he's all the way back on the Packers. Uh, yeah, he jumped off for a He minute. jumped off when Aaron Rodgers went to the back on. Age back because Jordan Love is kind of looking like he may be the next one to kind of pick up the baton and carry for a little bit. Well, the thing I love about Nabil, first of all, for those that, you know, you get to hear him on an episode yes. here or there. There's a, he does all the work, man. Yeah, he does he all, edited, all the work. Trust me, when yes. we're recording these things, a lot of times, hey, stop down, you know, 
take this out, add this. We screwed up. Let's do it over again. He's got to do all the editing. You know, all this stuff goes into video, which uh, which he helps get all that organized and orchestrated because every every podcast episode we have has a video component to it. Uh, obviously, it lives in its entirety, but then he'll cut it up and, and blast that out on social. So it's a lot of work uh, that goes on with that. He's never com- – I've never heard him complain one time. No. Anytime – Anytime I ever call him, it's my favorite thing because my son will be in the car with me. I'll pick him up, and then if I I, I got to call in the beal on something, he answers the phone the same way every time. I don't know if you know this, no. But uh, so I'll go, uh, "Hey DJ, everything okay?" <laughs> <laughs> He's worried. He's worried. He just wants to make sure that everything's smooth. Um, but anyway, he cares. He cares a tremendous amount. He's really good at his job, and he's stuck with us for a long time. And he's loyal to the soil. In fact, I think we have a clip. Uh, of Nabil because he had some he had some words for for those that maybe not be on board with us here. Oh, Yo, what is this episode? Oh, to all the haters. Thousand episodes. Let's go. <laughs> See, he's bow. He's getting ready to bow up, and and he's Sound literally trained, and he literally trains MMA. So you know, any other podcast producers want to have a go? I mean, there we got go. our guy. We'll take our guy. Match. As long as it's in a, in this weight class, let's not yeah, get wait, carried yeah. away here. Like the hundred, hundred fifteen guys, hundred yeah. fifteen pounds. Down there, down there with the straw weights. <laughs> I can't wait. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but you know who else? Uh, who we should give a special shout out to? Mark Brady, who's no uh, longer here. But Mark uh, was really a driving force of this podcast in in the early stages. How about Mark and Tom? The yeah, Brady's. and Tom, and Tom Brady as well. Yes. Um, you know, Jason Kleiman's been uh, over this thing, running, help run this thing for several years now. Um, and, and again, continue to give you us You know what support. I love about Kleiman, though? Like, like the last couple of years, like it's coincided with a lot of Dodger success. A lot of Dodger oh, success. Regular season, that is. A lot, a lot, a lot of success. A lot of regular season success. I know, you, I know you're still going to be We fighting. eliminated the Giants yesterday, though, huh? How about well, that? Well, it's great. I certainly hope yeah. you guys can stay, yeah. <laughs> stay in for the party. I would hate it. What happened? The enemy of the enemy is my friend or whatever. <laughs> Does that that not matter anymore? Come on. Uh, Anyways, again, I know there's people saying, I've listened to a thousand episodes, and if I have to hear about the Padres one more more time, time. I'm I'm done. I'm unsubscribing. Um, Nabil, do we have a, what do we have here? We have a cake or something? What do we got? I'll Uh, bring it out to you guys right now. Oh, there you go. See? They're doing this thing right. Thousand episodes, Bucky Brooks. Thousand. How about that? How great would it be if we uh, if we walked out of here and they said, "Yeah, you guys are done. This was it. We just uh, let you get to a thousand. Look and then at that. that. Look at this thing. How about that? Is this homemade? Okay, that's okay. Just lie to me. Uh, not, yep, that's okay. Yeah, we get that's, that's uh, okay. uh, we got a thousand cake. You want to hold that up? Oh, we, so we, can, up. Uh, well, we can. We can. We can. Can you up. see it here? Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Look at that! Can we get a little shot of that thing? That is really nice. And to think, Hansus made this thing this morning. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> um, so good. Well, no. I mean, let's be honest. Dan didn't make this, but it's in danger of getting eaten. Oh, for sure. I mean, let's, sure. let's, be let's call a spade a spade here. <laughs> um, all right. That's going to do it for us on the 1,000th episode of Move the Sticks. You guys have been here with us. We cannot thank you enough. Here's to, to many thousand more. Um, and we'll see you next time, next week, right here on Move the Sticks. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.